All right, good afternoon. My name is Zachary Schulman. Um, we are sitting here at the Brooklyn Public Library on Grand Army Plaza in Brooklyn. Um, I'm here with Brooklyn Queens Land Trust as part of the Our Gardens, Our Stories uh, program, project. And today is July 15th, 2016, and it's about 12.40. Um, and I'm here with two other folks. Would you guys introduce yourselves as well? I'm Bob Florin. I'm the gardener at David Falk Memorial Garden, and that's why I'm here in that capacity. Uh, I'm Samantha Feldman, and I'm an intern at Brooklyn Queens Land Trust. Great, great. Um, so, Bob, um, can you tell us um, yeah, which garden you're involved with and where it's located? Well, I'm involved with the David Falk Memorial Garden, which is located on Bergen Street, between Bond and Nevin Street, in Brooklyn, New York. And um, the Borham Hill section of Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. We have a real estate name. <laughs> <laughs> and um, since this is an audio recording, um, um, can you tell to describe to people who will be listening to this a little bit about what someone will see when they walk by the garden and what, what it's like walking into the garden? Uh, I've never been really asked that question, but uh, I guess it's uh, appropriate because uh, I've worked for the past 16 years in trying to make it uh, a point of uh, interest for passers-by to be a uh, focal point even in the neighborhood. And it's inconspicuous, it's only 30 feet wide. But uh, what, what do they see? Uh, they see a path, they see shrubs, they see various uh, green things, and it, depending on the time of year, we also have a big tulip display that takes place in the spring, and other flowering plants, and there are even flowering plants now, but not as many, of course, as uh, in April or May. So that's just generally, uh, there's, there's a winding path, a, a serpentine path, if you will. Mm -hmm. that, uh, I had no, well, I had some involvement in its, its uh, being placed there. It's a brick path, and uh, we did that around the year 2000, 2002, somewhere in that area, around that time. What was, what was there before? It was another path, but okay. not, not quite as... Uh, carefully done. And, and the neighbor actually did that path. He lived on the block. He was a Jamaican man who was a very fine uh, uh, contractor who was very good with paths and fences and uh, what they call hardscape. Mm -hmm. And he did a very nice job. We paid him for that, but the uh, Trust for Public Land, the uh, parent organization of Brooklyn Queens Land Trust paid, gave us money for the bricks. So we, I think they may have even given us some money towards the, uh, the uh, installation, the labor involved in, <coughs> in doing, the, uh, doing the path. We also have a, a sandbox in the back, which is uh, noteworthy because uh, it's sort of a custom-made sandbox and it, it has sort of a uh, a stone uh, uh, fence around it, you might say. It's about three or four feet 
high. And we did that, we, I and uh, some of the neighbors, and a woman who donated her labor and her design to build it. And her name was Lula. Lula Blackwell Hafner, I believe, was her full name. At any rate, she was a, a landscape designer, and she donated her time and effort in uh, constructing that sandbox, which is very much used. So. That's, that's sort of an overview of, of the garden, of our garden. And the rest of it is plants and seating spaces and tables. And uh, I don't know, trees, shrubs. <laughs> but no, no agriculture, <laughs> unlike many community gardens that are there for, uh, for the purpose of allowing people to grow food which uh, is a nice thing to do, but we're so shaded that uh, it made it uh, almost pointless to do that. Although there was a time when we didn't have as many high trees when that was being done, and we had raised beds, and there was a little of that being done before my entrance onto the scene, mm -hmm. so to speak. And when, you know, speaking <coughs> of which, when did you first become involved with the garden? Uh, 1998 was, uh, I believe, the time that uh, the then mayor, uh, Rudolph Giuliani, you may have heard of, uh, was interested in selling off lots of the community garden spaces, several hundred, and ours was one of them chosen. And the neighbors, the Block Association, which was uh, governing that particular site, the garden, which became uh, the David Fall Garden, uh, they... Uh, they were very upset and there were meetings and I participated pretty much for the first time in anything civic and that was in, because it was a garden and because I was interested in it and, uh, and we had local uh, political people there and Joan Millman was one of them and I don't know, there were a few others but I can't remember exactly who was there but uh, lots of neighbors came and she well, the fact that there were local political people there drew, I think, helped to draw a lot of interest by, from the neighbors, and the neighbors uh, came out in force. We had uh, maybe 50 or 60 people at that meeting jamming into one person's house. So that was, uh, that was an interesting thing in the sense that uh, it was something I w wanted to do and was interested in and also Apparently, a lot of other people. We had lots of gentrifiers then, <laughs> even as we do now, and people who just liked it for other purposes. Of course, you know, we had it had been used for birthday parties quite a bit and other events, block parties. It would be opened up, and of course, a little bit of gardening, a little, uh, a few uh, raised beds. Whereas mm -hmm. I said we we did. Uh, we did some vegetable gardening, or other people did. I, I own a house on the block, so I, I had my own garden in, in the back, so I wasn't too interested in doing vegetables there anyway and early on and was too busy and other things in my life. So That's about it. That's, uh, that's as much as I really uh, feel I could say about the garden's history because mm -hmm. I don't know too much about what came before except mm -hmm. by what other people have told me and those people could tell you more and tell you a, and a so better tale. 
So your <clears throat> first involvement was in you said nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, I think then. I think I think it was then. Yeah, and it was prompted by the Giuliani administration trying to trying to get rid of the to garden, sell our garden along with mm -hmm. hundreds of others in the city. I see, and of course ours was saved by trust for public land. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and Irene more than anybody else who was <laughs> interested in, in in those things. And and of course, other people on the block wanted to do it too. So it wasn't just one or two people. There, there was a big outcry. Mm. And uh, politically, Giuliani wasn't uh, very popular, as he wasn't in most of the city, except maybe Staten Island or someplace. <laughs> well, somebody was voting for him, so I shouldn't say that. He did get elected. <laughs> And what was the yeah. breakdown like at that time when you were uh -huh. first getting involved of, of people like yourself who mm -hmm. lived in the neighborhood but weren't involved with the garden mm -hmm. and people who were already involved in the garden? You know, how did that dynamic play out? Uh, it was always very fluid. There were always people coming and going, so it's hard for me to... Uh, point that out as far as who was active when. There was, it was always a, uh, a mainstay of people who were involved a lot and uh, who liked to do block parties and were interested in the garden and had their children in there and birthday parties. And, and then there were the rest of people who just liked looking in or liked the idea of it just being there. So that's how I saw it anyway. I, I just whizzed by it on my bicycle or walking by and I really didn't have too many thoughts about it except one time I looked in and I said, you know, that that could be improved. We could we could do something we could do something with the landscape here and not that I was much of a uh, ornamental gardener at the time, I wasn't and but I, I figured this would be a nice thing for me to do. And it did become that, you know, it was a retirement activity for me. And I spent a lot of pleasant hours involved in doing that, just that. And and uh -huh. how did you pick up those skills? I mean, well, as a child, I did some gardening. I did some vegetable gardening behind my house, and I I wasn't afraid to plant things, and uh, so that was one thing. But uh, I did study horticulture at Brooklyn Botanical, and I took the certificate program mm -hmm. there, and uh, then. As I was doing that, I wanted to volunteer, and uh, I asked in the volunteer department program if if I could volunteer. I wanted to do gardening at BBG, and they said, well, it was October, and so there's no gardening <laughs> available in October. So they s and there wasn't, I guess I could have done propagation, but even that wasn't, that doesn't start till the, like January or so. So uh, they uh, they said, uh, how about the library? I said, library? I don't, I never liked research or libraries, even less than civic activities. <laughs> so uh, I reluctantly uh, decided to go down and was interviewed by the head librarian there who needed people. And it seemed in retrospect that uh, nobody could get along with her and <laughs> I managed I was always fairly good with people, even destructive people. <laughs> At any rate, she was. Uh, we got along well enough, and uh, and there were other people there to uh, to help uh, fend off her 
<laughs> the difficulties with her. At any rate, I, I, uh, she did help me in many ways in the sense that from the very first she said to me, uh, well, uh, why don't you, would you like to answer calls uh, with, and giving, like to give garden advice over the phone? And that's what a lot of us do here. And it was very busy at that time before the internet really mm. took hold and everyone Googles everything now. Uh, it was a library with, uh, with human beings and it still is that. I mean, we do emails and it's very, uh, we had a card catalog, which the day I got there, a few days, weeks afterwards, they got rid of. And I was very unhappy about that. I said, how can you do anything? Well, you, you know, it's all going to be, uh, you know, online. I said, oh, no. Because I'd never, I'd never even touched a mouse or anything like that. I, I was very anti-tech. Uh, what but, year uh, was this to give context? This was late, uh, late 99, okay. early, early 2000. So... Uh, I just took a deep breath and said, I guess I should be learning these things. And uh, I became somewhat comfortable with it. I wouldn't say in any way expert, <laughs> but I can, you know, do what I needed to do. You know, databases and recording information and learning to use the internet and all that stuff. So that was, uh, that was my experience at BBG. And then fielding calls, which was the main purpose, and that's what I liked doing. I liked uh, uh, human contact, and I liked the, uh, uh, the calls and the people, and I, of course I learned stuff. And but I was reluctant because I told uh, Patricia Jonas she was the head librarian. Then I told her, you know, I don't really feel confident to be answering gardening questions. I know a little something, but uh, she says, "Well, look behind you." He says, "There's all these reference books here. Just reach behind you and." Put them on hold and then read from the book, mm -hmm. and and th that should solve that problem. So you're starting today. So she pushed me into it, which was good. So as, as you know, we had our little areas of friction, as did everyone else there. But uh, I mean, with her, not with each other so much. But I learned a lot from the other volunteers who were different kinds of gardens, some like vegetable gardeners and design people. And, and then it was the hub of the whole place in a sense because it was uh, located near everybody's office, you know, the, the, the uh, director and all these other people would be coming in and oh, I was, I, and, the, and the room itself is quite nice. So uh, I got to like libraries there after, at least horticultural libraries. <laughs> I don't know about this one so much. I never spent a whole lot of time here. It's probably a horticulture section here. Yeah, yeah, I know, but we have we have better stuff here at BBG. What's um, um, what's like your day to day involvement with the garden? With the, the with with, with, um, David Folk? with David Falk, yeah. Uh, well. It's uh, looking around and just getting an overall, as I walk in, uh, uh, opinion of what it looks like. And then I, if, if something needs to be pruned, I prune it. Yesterday I was doing a lot of pruning of Forsythia, which was mm -hmm. going all over the place. I like to be some, it's somewhat uh, regulated, you know, not, not, not too wild. So I... Uh, rain things in a lot and prune things to some degree and sweep the path and uh, 
do uh, do weeding and uh, look around and see what I can plant next where there's empty spaces where uh, uh, things I have to remove bulbs every year because we plant mm -hmm. tulip bulbs every year and we don't keep them mm -hmm. because they don't uh, uh, the hybrid tulips don't uh, come back re reg regularly, especially in shade. So uh, it, it's a whole project of planting them, digging them out, and then trying to find something for that space that, if, if possible, can't always, but that uh, looks halfway decent. So that's some of the things that I do. And of course, uh, recycling, we have a, a recyc I mean a uh, composting project. Hmm. Recycling a little bit too, but we do a lot of compost, and people bring few people, not many, but bring their uh, raw compost material, and uh, you know I turn that. Now there's somebody actually helping me do that. He's very good, very organized person, unlike me. Hmm. And he's very compulsive, and he does it. He does a good job. So I've actually delegated well. Hmm. He came in and just asked me if he could do it, and I said, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was thrilled. So that's about it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. you have any other questions? Yeah, I mean, how mm -hmm. do people, you mentioned this person yeah. just came in, were they already a member of the garden? Or they? He was not. No, so this was kind of his first. People come in off the street and say, you know, what is this place? And, <laughs> and you know, I give them a whole tour of it. I, you know, I get foreign tourists. I get... Uh, you know, neighborhood people, of course, and uh, a few people who want to garden, but not not really too many who are willing to do stuff that I need to be done. Need to be that needs to be done. But uh, you know, some of them think it's you know they could get a little plot and do vegetables, which is not uh, not easily done there. So send them elsewhere. At any rate, uh, that doesn't happen too often. People just are curious and come in and look around and ask around. And it's a good sitting area, and I, I offer to get them a key. You know, they can come and just, just for the price of the key. We don't charge anything for anything other than that, the cost of a key. So they, uh, and then there's the sandbox. So if they're young uh, people with, uh, with toddlers, particularly, older children, you know, can visit us, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, we, it's not a playground, and we can't really encourage that. But we do other things there besides garden-related things. We do have public events there. We've had weddings there. Oh. We have had uh, political events. Uh, we've had memorial services, mm -hmm. and we've had just open door when we've had block parties and people come in and look around and ask. So uh, that's sort of how we're, we've been used. It's only 30 by 100 feet. I didn't mention that. So it's, it's relatively small as such spaces go. Mm -hmm. But we cram a lot of stuff in there, I think. Mm -hmm. um, you've mentioned in the past that you, you, you put in a lot of native plants. I have tried to do a lot of native plants, but not primarily. I mean, okay. I, I just, uh, where I think they're appropriate and where I where uh, if I see one that I like, uh, I have uh, of the native plants, I have native Paxandra, you know what that is. 
Yeah, anyway. I can sort of picture it, but can you describe it a little bit? It's a little taller than the uh, Chinese Paxandra, which is the usual suburban or, or one commonly used. It's, it's a little higher, it's a little darker in color, it's flowers, sort of like a bottle brush, white flower in, in spring. Mm. You know, short-lived, but it's, it's not unattractive. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have Spigelia, you know what that is, Spigelia marilandica, that's a nice native plant from the mid-Atlantic states, but we consider that native to here, we cheat a little bit. It's not totally northeast native. We have uh, uh, oak leaf hydrangea, mm -hmm. which is very commonly used now all over Brownstone, Brooklyn, and every place else. I think it's nominated to be a national plant. Did you know that? Somebody told me that. Did you hear that? Somebody? I think you told me as well. Maybe I'm, <laughs> yeah, I I'm starting you. the rumor, and uh, <laughs> I want it to be anyway. So. And what's your what's been your motivating factor or kind of philosophy be mm -hmm. behind working with some native plants? Native plants. I want people to know what they are. Actually, I've done a native plants garden, a, a complete native plants garden, you know, someplace else. But uh, yeah, I uh, I like the idea that well, most people don't know what where plants are from, you know, their origins. They they just think that. They all, if they grow here, they must belong here in some way. Well, they do in a, after a point, but they don't come from necessarily North America even, and, and many come from uh, the, the East, the Far East, China, Japan, and Korea. And because of the uh, similarities in climate, a lot of their things grow well here. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things like hostas, for instance, and all kinds of evergreen shrubs and trees uh, uh, are brought in from uh, the Far East. And you know, a certain number of things from Europe and the Middle East. Tulips, of course, don't come from even Holland, you know. Mm -hmm. This is uh, southeast of there <laughs> quite mm -hmm. a bit. So uh, my philosophy about about native plants, I like to use them. Yeah, I try. I try to use them. I try, you know, and, uh, in the hopes that it attract native uh, macro fauna, like you know, birds and pollinators and stuff like that. Which I don't know. I would have liked to have built a bat house or something there, but I I never got to that point. I think there are some in Prospect Park, there are some bats, but it's hard to attract them. You need a very high kind of uh, uh, platform for them. And I, it would be physically difficult to do. We wanted to do uh, water harvesting at one point, you know, a green bit bridge activity, but the one neighbor who really would have been practical to use for that didn't want us to do it. so. We never got to do that, but we don't. Well, our our water uses are not great, and we do get water from the next door neighbor. Mm. Free. She doesn't really. We we offer to pay her, but she never takes money. And then so we get her hose, and that's enough water. I've been watering a little bit, but this year we had such a wet spring, June, May, and June, quite mm. wet. So I didn't really need to water much. In the summer, I will. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, what's been the the um, the biggest challenge for you in working with the garden? 
Anything anything about that? Yeah, people are always the biggest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true of any garden. I mean, mm. if I have to generalize, <laughs> because uh, without mentioning names, there are certain people that want, uh, you know, certain plantings in certain places, let's say. That's one problem. I won't go into specifics, but... Uh, and other people have wanted uh, to create a, an agricultural use for the garden, which is pretty hard to do unless you chop down trees. Mm -hmm. Even then, it's not the ideal space for, uh, even if we didn't have trees, it, wouldn't, it wasn't, wouldn't be a perfect place to grow vegetables. So, you know, th that's some of the little, little things I've had with people. And I usually don't have things, but when you have your own agenda and other people have different agendas, then you you can run into conflict with them. And uh, fortunately, I'm a fairly mellow person, and I've given in, and they've given in. Or things have been ironed out mm -hmm. over the years, so that's good. And what's been the most mm -hmm. rewarding experience for you? most rewarding yeah uh, just having something pretty there that wasn't there before I think for me is my goal in gardening more than anything else and I I'm, I'm more for ornamental things I guess than I ever used to be mm. as, as a very young person I never even thought about that as a kid you know I want to grow tomatoes like everybody else does these days. Of course, now I'm going to other kinds of vegetables, but in my own yard, you know, I grow, you know, Asian vegetables and, you know, leeks and things, things that I normally wouldn't be thinking about growing. Mm. Burdock. Mm. It's something people know. But we, uh, my wife is macrobiotic, so things like burdock root is part of that diet. You, you know something about that Japanese. And, uh, so I, I try to grow that a couple of times. So. Mm. Anyways, yeah. I haven't been that adventuresome with vegetables, even in my own yard. I, I'm so busy with other things I do. I have lots of other gardening ventures. So that's it. And mm -hmm. just in, in concluding, mm -hmm. are there any kind of thoughts or questions you kind of want to leave for, for future gardeners at, at David Folk? You know, gardeners you might not mean. I've thought about that a little bit, and, you know, and all the only thing I could say is, uh, you know, uh, do as f f whoever takes over that, hopefully somebody will, you know, be doing what I'm doing, but, you know, in their own way, and to do, enjoy doing it, and to learn from what you're doing, and uh, uh, try to be a little experimental, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know. People will do what they will do. So, you know, when I'm beyond <laughs> this mortal plane, <laughs> people, I, I can't, I can't uh, worry about that <laughs> while I'm still here. <laughs> but uh, someone like Irene would say, well, we should have people taking over, getting ready to take over, which would be a nice idea. But our neighborhood is very fluid in the sense that people come and go. The young people, people your ages, for instance, 
uh, don't stay, you know, they can't afford houses here, but the way we could, you know, uh, I never made a lot of money, but I could afford to buy a small house in those days and in that neighborhood and forget about it now. You mm. have to be really well healed. And so people come and go, you know, they do their Brooklyn thing, their New York thing, and then they <laughs> depart elsewhere. Mm. So I don't know what's going to be in the future. Hopefully we won't be underwater. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That'll solve that problem. Oh boy. I mean, I hate to be uh, a wet blanket. <laughs> you get old, you get cynical, you know. Mm. Sure, sure. No, it's you know, it's it's yeah. it's a possibility, of course. But all things are possible. Yeah. And any, no one any, knows. Any other thoughts or in conclusion? No, to share? no, no, no. I like talking about the garden. That's why I'm here, I guess. Cool. See, that's how Zach induced me to come here. <laughs> you know, oh, he'll just give him a chance to talk about the garden. He'll come. Mm -hmm. Which he did. <laughs> <laughs>